You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. want to let you know that today's show brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. A um, lot to get into. Clippers made a, an interesting trade on Sunday, Andy, that kind of reflects a little bit of the conversation that people have about how both teams in L.A. are spending money. We'll try to get back into the mailbag. Got kind of a fun question. Uh, that we didn't get to on our mailbag episode last week. So um, fun stuff there. But Andy, my goodness, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James are doing work together. I I thought they would spend the entire summer maybe not even talking or seeing each other. No, apparently, according to social media, they're tight. Yes, uh, uh, LeBron James posted uh, a few photos on his Instagram of him and Russell Westbrook in the gym Working out, uh, the caption says, we work with Brody. I agree. I don't think this will work at Russ West 4-4. Yeah, that's, PH, a, that's aimed at the haters. Yeah, PH uh, being Phil Handy. You different, by the way, uh, the real 94 feet a game. Then there's a bunch of uh, fire emojis and I think maybe a prayer hands. I, I Unfortunately, right now I'm looking at this and it's smaller. Yeah, than see, actually, by the way, the interesting thing about prayer hands is I, I just learned like last week uh, they were designed originally as high five hands. Like those are really? supposed to be high fiving. Yes. Huh. Right. I did not know that, but that you know com- what? They, I mean, I'm assuming have... that's true, but like it completely blew my mind. No, they. But you know what? They've definitely been co opted amongst uh, the both the religious and the grateful, which yes. is not. It's not bad. I mean, if it, no, if but it's... like now, you know, who's left out in the cold? The high fivers. The high fivers. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like now, what do we? Well, doing? you know what? In the age of the pandemic, with new variants, and you know us supposed to be far apart from each other, not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I'm um, over. But anyway, but like, so you have you have LeBron and you have uh, Russ putting out this, and like, lest you think nobody cares about this, three million people have liked this post from LeBron mm-hmm. James as of Sunday. Uh, evening when when we're sitting down to record and 20,000 comments on this bad boy. And of course, they made a bunch of news with the pictures and all that kind of stuff of this, uh, of them showing up together at Summer League and on the on the courtside in Vegas and, and all of this stuff wearing masks that look like they're about $6,000 each. Um, I This is my one of my favorite dumb things that happens every summer when like a new team gets together or whatever the workout video um the look our stars are present together um coming out at the same time like look at the team chemistry that's here it is it is so stupid it's one of my favorite things of every summer now see it's actually to be honest it's my least favorite because even in a totally so dumb it's funny type way i think it's boring like I don't care that you're working out. Like I would never post a picture of me doing research before this podcast, even <laughs> though I, I do put in the work because you know, there's a, there's a certain baseline when you are a professional and when you're good at something and Russ and LeBron certainly are great. And I would like to think the people listening to this podcast, watching it on YouTube. Thank you very much. 
think that we are at least reasonably good at this. <laughs> Moderately <laughs> adequate. Right. They expect us to be doing a certain right. It's like yeah, right. No, I, I, I can't. Well, okay, go finish. I'm sorry. Me, but it's also too, like when you're, when you're throwing, you know, the double middle fingers to the haters, the people that are, you know, the people that are doubting you, like nobody's doubting this team. Like even like you're the, among the Vegas betting favorites, like most pundits, even the ones who very reasonably question the fit, between LeBron and Russell Westbrook, like how will they make this work? It's going to be a little bit complicated. What does exactly it look like with the spacing? Most of them still have the Lakers, if not winning the West, among the favorites yes. in the West. At this worst, is what like I second want. and third. Okay, this is what I want from my athlete Instagram posts, Brian. They need to be funny, weird, or cute family picks. Like, that's yes. it. I don't want rise and grind. I don't want to be told you're working. I don't want to be told that you're here in the haters. And if you're going to tell me you're working out, I want it to be like weird, psychopathic shit. Like the stuff Kobe <laughs> used to do. Like when Kobe made it clear that he outworked everybody and he would give off this serial killer vibe, like there were bodies of the people in his trunk that didn't work hard enough. Like that's that's what yeah. I want. If you're gonna no, be I, out, I look, I agree with you. I am not make it. I am not impressed. This by is pro- no, I'm not impressed by professional athlete X. You know who who is wor- doing the work in the off season. It's like, dude, I mean, you good. Make, I'm glad you are. <laughs> you, really, you make $11 million a year, like to do that. Like that is your job. It's like or in the case of LeBron, hour. you know, 30 something in the case of Russ, 40. something. like, this is your job. Like, of course you should be working out. Like why on earth would you not be working out? I, I that's uh, all that stuff. The hater aid stuff. I mean, I, I am, I am uh giggling at the, at the early, very early onset of of a of a strong we believe Lakers vibe for the 2021-22 season. Like these plucky little Lakers who nobody believes in. Like, I can laugh and roll my eyes at this stuff. We joke about it all the time, how these guys will invent things to to drive them, whether they're true or not. The part about the workout videos that I find really entertaining at this point, or the Hey guys, LeBron and Westbrook are together at in Vegas Summer League. Like, is how seriously some people take this theater to the point that if they don't see a video, like there are people like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's AD? Like, that's gonna be like. I don't usually like getting this specific in in you know with with media stuff, but like there's going to be a, a segment on Undisputed as to why AD wasn't in the workout video. Like people are that dumb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably like, Skip is coming for you for that. Again, I don't I don't. It is real. People who listen to us know that is abnormal. But like it has become a thing where the expectation is if you don't show me that you're working out. There's like a subset of NBA fan that just assumes you're on the couch all summer. And I find that part of it, the anger and the seriousness with which people take this stuff to be very entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I I guess there is certainly a large sect of fans that either eat it up or get really upset at the absence of these photos. I mean, you're... You're correct. I mean, th- for this all st- we know, Russ and LeBron deeply regret every moment that has happened since they came up with this idea. And Russ told Tommy Shepard, the GM in in, uh, in Washington, I'd like to go to the Lakers. Like, they, they, they like, all right, I got Phil. We're going on the court. 
five minutes. We're going to take five pictures. We're going to put it out on Instagram. And you, Mother Bleeper, and I, we don't have to see each other until we go back out onto the court okay, in you, Vegas. You know and what it show is? Everybody, how good of friends we are. You know what they, that they, becomes? They could hate each other. You know what it is? It, remember years ago when Kobe and Dwight took that picture in the trainer's room with Dan Tony? Like yes. both pretending like they were punching Dan Tony. It's like, hey, we're all feuding. Right. In, in reality, <laughs> you know they were actually punching each other. Oh yeah, they they really were feuding, <laughs> and both both of them didn't like playing for Dan Tony. Like right. they they actually or, were or playing with each other. Yeah, right. they actually were telling everybody what was going on. They just disguised it in a, oh, it's so ironic. We're in on the joke. It's like, no, actually, you, you guys right. And again, I'm not proposing that LeBron. I mean, I think they're no. super excited about all this stuff, and it's going to be like that's not. I'm just saying, putting out a post on Instagram doesn't actually show anything, uh, but it yeah. does get people really excited make, about. Make it weirder, like sh like show a video of LeBron and Westbrook like doing some type of really intense, like you know, like they're working out over like stepping on spikes or like walking across fire. Something very hyper specific. And, yeah, and I mean, unusual. like no, I, I agree. Make, make it, it weird. Make, they're taking jump shots. I've seen yeah. that. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Westbrook because uh, Seth Partnow um, at The Athletic wrote some interesting stuff. There were some comments from Tommy Shepard that are really interesting about where you kind of put Westbrook in this. We talked on Friday's show about the Lakers as a super team, which they obviously are. Yes. But like, what are the parts of this team? And like, kind of how good is Westbrook? Where does he fit? In the, in the tiers of players. Uh, we'll do that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Sweat Block. There are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. Like, for example, you're just sweating through your shirt for no particular reason, and then you have to have a conversation about it. Like, you have to acknowledge it. It's embarrassing. You don't want to worry about that, and that's why I use Sweat Block Antiperspirant Wipes. Sweat Block is stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You just simply apply it at night before bedtime next morning, Wake up, wash, go about your day without having to worry about sweat. You can use it once or twice a week and stay dry the entire time, guaranteed, or your money back. No more pit stains, no more picking out shirts based on the ones that will hide the sweat better. It's like it's summer out. You can only wear a black shirt so many times before you're going to be roasting. You don't want to have to deal with that. So let's put it we this are, way. It's historic global heat. Yes. So. Yes. And <laughs> you know what? Guess without you know without taking this into too political or like no, a hippy important, dippy important adaptive yeah. technology as we only, get used to a warmer planet. You're right. It is only going to get hotter. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you, people. And guess what? If you happen to know another sweat solution that's doctor created, doctor recommended, featured on Rachel Ray's show, and tested by firefighters. I'm listening, but until then, check out Sweatblock. Get it for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or Amazon or CVS. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Indeed. Finding the right people for any job is incredibly challenging. It doesn't need to be, though, Andy. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. You attract, interview, and hire. Uh, in fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even the interviewing part, which is uh, you know kind of an important part of the, uh, the whole process. So don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter, and Indeed's instant match 
provides a list of quality candidates who res whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Uh, with Indeed assessments, choose from 135 skills tests to make sure you're finding an applicant with the, the right skills that you need. Indeed is the number one source of hires in the United States, according to Talent Nest, delivering one and a half times more hires than even internal referrals. And with Indeed Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they uh, post their sponsored job, according to Indeed data. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash hangup. That's H-A-N-G-U-P. I don't know what that means, Andy, but that's what you do. $75 credit at Indeed.com slash hangup. Indeed.com slash hangup. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so Seth Partnow at The Athletic has a, a cool series where he's just he's ranking players, but he's really tiering them, um, uh, you know, in, in essentially in groups, which I think is a much better way, just as an aside, than actually ranking NBA players. You know, LeBron in the super elite group, AD is in that group right below. And then in that third group, which is a little larger of like all-stars and like, basically all stars and guys have been able is Russell Westbrook and part now has, I think a really great explanation as to why this Westbrook thing is so challenging for basketball fans to try to anticipate exactly what it's going to look like and why people have at least, you know, LeBron's Instagram post, some questions as to ultimately what the fit is going to be. Even if most people think they're going to win the Western conference, like I do. Um, so here's what he wrote quote, I have no idea what to do with Russell Westbrook. For better or for worse, he really isn't operating within the same statistical realities as any other player in the league, with averaging a triple-double only part of the oddness, which you know says something. Uh, his ball dominance and box score explosiveness have uh, caused him to have as large a gravitationally warping effect on teammates' styles of play and production as anyone else in the NBA up to and possibly including new teammate LeBron James. Partner then gives a bunch of, you know, stats about Westbrook's, you know, usage rate and his shooting and all this other stuff um, and some of the people he's played with. And then he concludes with this, all of which is to say, I'm going to shrug my shoulders and drop Westbrook here for lack of any better idea of how and how much his talents and style move a team towards a title. That's what is so, I mean, it's first of all, kudos, because that's about as well put as I think I've seen Westbrook summarized in that way. But it's just like, that's what makes this so fascinating is trying to figure out how somebody so obviously good is going to impact this team and figuring out how his goodness makes the other guys better. It's, it's, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, I mean, it's a really open question, like you were saying before, about how this will work. I mean, Russ, you can debate the ceiling that that he brings to a team, but you can't debate the floor. Like, he he gives you one hell of a floor, and that floor matters. Oh, no, you're going to be good. Yeah, you're going to be good And team. we've seen in the past, like, Russ has been able to carry teams at times to a point. Or we saw, like, Westbrook was really huge in propelling the Wizards to get to the playoffs over the course of that second half where he was often brilliant. But that brilliance only takes you to a certain point, typically. He's also had playoff struggles in the past, and he's somebody that I, I think he's clearly not easy to stop. Like, Russell Westbrook is a force on the court, but I do imagine that he's fairly predictable 
to scheme against. Like similar to how I've talked about this before. I feel oh, this yeah. way about James Harden. I think James Harden is incredibly difficult to stop, but pretty difficult. I mean, pretty predictable when you're trying to just figure out, okay, what should we do? And I think it speaks to just at least certainly at least to this point. And that part of and, and from the Brooklyn standpoint, that's what makes their thing so interesting is now Harden has a different context offensively, but so does Westbrook. Like and right. so what does I, that I mean? Think, right. And and I think in the case of Westbrook, it's just he's not an easy blendable guy. Like it doesn't it doesn't mean that he can't play with other guys. It doesn't mean that he can't play with other stars, but Russ is a very big presence. I don't think Russ has ever been asked to adjust in ways that he's going to have to for this team. I mean, and I don't even necessarily mean putting up the most points, putting up the most shots. Like Russ has not actually led a team in scoring for a few seasons now, but he still plays like Russell Westbrook. You know, like he made some adjustments playing alongside James Harden, who's incredibly ball dominant, but Houston traded away all of their big men in order to adjust to the way Russ plays and to his strengths, to his weaknesses. Obviously, the Lakers are not going to be able to do something like that, nor should they, nor would they. So ultimately, it's just going to be, how can he adjust to LeBron? How do the other guys adjust to each other? And what does that look like? I, like, I think ultimately for this to work, you're going to end up seeing some, you're going to end up seeing these guys at times play in ways they've never played before. Mm-hmm. They're all going to ultimately stay who they are, and they should because they're superstars. They are all some of the best players in the game, all some of the best of all time. But I think for these skill sets to match, everybody's going to have to play a little bit differently than they ever have before yeah, like, for these particular. Russ has got to set. Russ doesn't set a lot of screens. Like he's not been in offenses where you know the two man game with Harden and and, uh, and Westbrook. Like that's not how that. If I you know memory recalls, it's not really how that worked. And you know he's going to have to be a screen setter. He's going to have to cut much better. I mean, he talked about that in his press, but like the general consensus is he does not move a ton away from the ball. He could be incentive, but I. I Incentives are going to be really strong this year, particularly this year, to to have the attention to detail to do those little things. And sometimes it's just little stuff that you're not asked to do because either you're the superstar, because your offense isn't tailored that way, because the other guy has the ball, whatever it might be. But figuring out ways to maximize all three of those guys so that you can get the most out of them, which is going to look amazeballs when it works. Um they're going to be some terrible stretches. Like, wouldn't you anticipate that, that they're going to be, you know, whether it's inside of games or like a week where it doesn't work or you get a couple really good defensive opponents? I don't know about terrible, but probably awkward. Awkward. You understand? Terrible, relatively terrible ba- to expectations. Sure. I'm not saying they're going to look like the magic, but like bad to what, we, what we're hoping for. Um, and how quickly they work through. That's why they all got to be healthy. We talked about this on Spectrum. I think they need 60 games as a group, you know, that big three, to really get to where they, the the maximum of where they can be by the playoffs. So hopefully they get that. But I, I just, I, I loved that description of, of Westbrook as he's like, I'm going to just kind of shrug. He's obviously great. I don't entirely know what to do with him compared to other NBA stars. I, I appreciate both the honesty and I think the accuracy of, of the way he framed that. Yeah, Russ is a really specific guy, and sometimes specificity can be 
ironically very difficult to pin down. Uh, Clippers, Andy, made a big trade that gets to some of the big arguments that we have around L.A. about ownership. We'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models out there, it is impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. And why would you spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store? New that is stupid. Yeah. I mean, 100% I mean, more? That's ridiculous. That's dumb. Yeah, because you can get it for far less at rockauto.com. For example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump, 353 bucks from a chain store. It's 216 from Rock Auto. They're a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, whether it's for your classic or daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Built Bar. If you need something that's good for you, uh, that's healthy, that tastes good while you're running around, while you're trying to get your workouts in, while you're trying to get your kids to school, you know, fall's here, Andy. School is starting. Um, Thank you you need Built Bar. It's high in protein, right? High in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, and the improved Built Bar is even better than before. 18 flavors, including six new ones like cookies and cream and cherry barcia and caramel brownie. Love caramel brownie. Built Bar can also calm my sweet tooth because even without all the sugar, uh, it, it has that nice 100% chocolate coating. And unlike some protein bars, it's actually soft and easy to chew. It's not like chewing through a piece of plywood. So go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right. So Sunday, the Clippers made a deal. They sent uh, Pat Beverly who was sending out some very strange vibes during the playoffs. I think you would agree, Andy. You're going to have to be more specific about which playoffs you're talking about. These, the most recent playoffs. <laughs> those the those energy, are every playoff. Beverly's for- energy during the last the last round, the last set of playoffs Dude, was very uncomfortable. Again, you're going to have to be more specific with Patrick Beverly. That's yeah, his that's vibe for every regular season game, playoff game, all of them. It was very man under a bridge kind of a thing. So him, Rajon Rondo, and one of their second rounders, I think, from last year to um, Memphis. Memphis, thank you. I forgot where Eric Bledsoe landed for Eric Bledsoe. Um, Interesting on a few levels. First of all, Pat Beverly is sort of beloved, but somewhat problematic in the sense that he doesn't play a lot. He gets hurt all the time. Um, And he's exceedingly weird, as we just discussed. this is one of it's a trade that saves the Clippers a ton of money in luxury tax payments. Um, I also happen to think it's a pretty good basketball trade, but there is no denying that the the Clippers are saving a lot of money by doing this. Um, they also, I think, end up with a, a pretty decent sized trade exception, which they can use later, uh, and all this other stuff. The 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 Clippers, at least by reputation, and Steve Ballmer, who is building an arena that probably will lose money every year. He doesn't seems not to care that much because he doesn't want to be in Staples and share that space anymore with the Lakers. The reputation that Ballmer has, at the very least, is is someone who will always spend more, always spend more money, is meaningless, and all that kind of stuff. It's not, I think, one hundred percent this because it's um you know again, I think it's a good basketball trade too. But 
Steve Ballmer apparently likes to save money too. Yes. Look, the, my my reaction to this, because like you've said, Steve Ballmer has that reputation. I'm not sure I agree with you as much about the arena assessment that he's going to lose money on. The arena, I'm correct, is going to be in Inglewood, right? Yes. It's going to be right around the time when Inglewood is starting to become more revitalized because of the Rams and Chargers Stadium and that new plaza they're building. It's and not. Quite frankly, it's, you got to have. Quite frankly, it's, it's a matter of how much you're able to book. They're going to put. Arena. They will. I. They will put. I think more stuff in there than we're anticipating. Plus, I just feel in general, none of these guys ever do anything to lose money, and that's my larger point. I tweeted out after Bobby Marks, the capologist at ESPN broke down uh, the trade from a financial standpoint for the Clippers that they're going to be having their luxury to, uh, bill drop from $125 million to $95, savings of $30 million. I've said it before and I'll say it again. There's no such thing as an owner in professional sports who doesn't care how much he or she is spending. To be clear, this is not a specific criticism of Balmer or any other owner. I'm just saying that archetype doesn't exist because – Steve Ballmer has been described that way as, you know, he doesn't care how much he spends. All he cares about winning. Yes, he does care. They all care. And this gets mm -hmm. back to Jeannie Buss and the Lakers with this offseason and, you know, declining to keep Alex Caruso, which was really, I, I mean, whether or not they value Caruso in the same way that I think a lot of people who observe the team, certainly you and I do, uh, defensively, I think Frank Vogel absolutely. As, as much as all liberty-loving Americans Exactly. I mean, he is, a, after all, the appreciate the, and, the bald and eagle. support Alex Caruso. Yeah, right. He's the bald eagle of freedom. Um, this was an economically driven decision because Alex Caruso would have added more money to their luxury tax bill. And, you know, somebody had tweeted in response to me. I keep trying to telling all the Laker trolls that when they said Jeannie was being cheap, not wanting to pay Caruso basically 30 mil a year, including taxes, they said, why should I care? Because it's not my money. Shrug emoji. This is from uh, Kevin Oakleaf. I responded to him. I thought it was worth keeping Caruso for both his on-court impact and the value of mid-sized contract as trade assets. The Lakers don't have many. But I also took issue with people, Brian, claiming that the Lakers' luxury tax bill of 40 to $50 million is nothing. That's ridiculous. I don't care if they're the Lakers or not. 40 mm -hmm. to $50 million in luxury tax, that's not nothing. And there's no owner around the league who will say that is nothing. It's just not how any of these guys operate. That's true. I, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, I, from a fan, I get it from a fan standpoint. But like, oh, you know, sure. It's like you see the valuations those dudes just bought in. You know, the Dodger guys just bought in to the uh, to the Lakers. I believe the valuation based on what they bought was uh, $5.5 So, you know, as a fan, you see the team is worth $5.5 billion. Yeah, I actually don't care that much about your forty million. And so, I don't care. I look. Yeah, yeah, I want to make it clear. I don't care at all. <laughs> no, but as a fan, sure. And as a fan, it's like really, you know, you're not putting everything together. You're forgetting not all five and a half billion belongs to Genie Bus. It's you know less than that. Then there's that's. It's not like they have. It's like sitting in a room somewhere where they can just access. It's like Scrooge all tied up in the team, right? <laughs> I would totally do that. By the way, if I had oh, that much yeah. money, like in cash available somewhere, I would do that all day, every day. Um, I so I mean I get it. I will say the difference between this is and the Caruso thing is the, the they did not replace the asset in the case of Caruso, whereas with um, with Bledsoe and the Clippers, it's a matter of 
if I came to you as as your you know employee and you were the team owner and I said, hey Andy, um, I can do something that's going to save you thirty five million dollars and might arguably make the team slightly better, but certainly won't make them worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't it's know, hard man. to make Eric Bledsoe's playoff track record might lead you to believe this could make them worse. Eric Bledsoe's playoff track record, but his regular season track record, certainly you could say could be better. I mean, Rondo yeah. is losing Rondo is not a not a thing. Sure. This is essentially Pat Bev for um Bledsoe. And if nothing else, Bledsoe's available. Bledsoe yeah. plays games. Like there's there, there's and he's not a bad player. No. Um, you know, it's not like Pat Bev is a you know multi-time all-star. He's just no, a I... really useful guy, particularly in the playoffs, as a um very unsettling defender to 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 sick on people um but you know so it's it's it is a different deal than just saying you know caruso is too expensive so i would say this i agree with you all owners care about the bottom line somewhere we talked about with the dodgers you know when, when we were doing radio it's like you know the dodgers at some point draw a line and say we're not paying for that it's way beyond where most people put it. And I would say with the Clippers, that line is way beyond where most, if not all other NBA team owners put that maybe Cuban, whatever, but like Balmer is at the far end of that thing. Genie is somewhere to the cheaper is the wrong word, but to the more frugal, more money conscious payroll conscious, um, side of Steve Ballmer on that continuum, but she's still way further than many NBA owners. And by the way, should be because the team is worth five and a half billion dollars. They have the TV deal. They have all that other stuff. Broadly speaking, I don't have a lot of problems with the way the Lakers spend their money. I just think they, I agree with you from a basketball standpoint, they really should have kept Caruso. It's not the end of the world, but you know, it would have been better. you You could also make the argument though, that given what the Clippers did, you know, in the playoffs without Kawhi Leonard, they're the way they all galvanized together. And, you know, this was a team that a lot of people, including you and I, had questioned the internal chemistry and, you know, the the byplay between all these guys. You can make an argument that you'd want to build off that and not change anything. You know, the flip side, though, is it would have been much more expensive to do it that way. And also, too, this year, you're also there this year realistically speaking, the Clippers are not going to win a title no. because Kawhi's not going to be there. No, they're they're not. And again, I'm not saying this to slam Balmer. That is not no, my I, point I know, at I understand all. what you mean. I just, I, I think it's just a reminder to people that they should have. None of these owners don't care about the money. They all do. And it, for Laker fans listening to this, whatever mythical owner you are comparing Jeannie Buss to in terms of what she's willing to spend and what mythical owner will just write a blank check for, that owner doesn't exist. Just so you know that. And I, I just, it is, the Lakers occupy such a strange space in this NBA ownership universe because they are not owner rich in the same way that most of these other no. guys are. They don't have a hedge fund. They don't have no, the, Microsoft. They don't mo- have a, most they ownership have the Lakers. groups. Most ownership groups, it's an investment in some ways, it's a hobby, it's, you know, it's a manhood swinging thing. This is their actual <laughs> I mean, it's true though. This, this is their actual one and only 
business. Like this real, is like the, real big. I mean, the tequila thing aside. Yeah, uh, I forgot about the Sincoro money. Genies, <laughs> I may have to recalibrate everything I just said. I forgot about no, the whole. Story. Right, the, the but, Lakers are there. I forgot that she's a tequila baron. <laughs> that right. changes a lot. But that's what I said. Like, but you know, like the 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 reason I always talk about Balmer. Balmer is willing to operate at a loss. It's very obvious because, like, you know, the guy could lose. $200 million a year. And in the time it takes somebody to run from the office to his office to say, Hey, Steve, you lost $200 million this year. He earned it back in interest with all the money he's got. Um, so, I mean, it is different and it's, it's just, that it's the Lakers every once in a while, we've seen this two or three times as we've covered the team run into this place where you're kind of reminded a little bit about, Oh yeah, it's a little different here. It's a little, it's not quite, you know, the same. If they're not Mark Cuban, they're not Steve Ballmer, but they're not cheap. And that's that's the important thing uh, to remember. Um, interesting trade anyway for a team that's not going to win a title. But uh, we, we did not get to the mailbag thing. Uh, we got a really great mailbag question um, about um, a fun potential lineup that the Lakers yeah. could put out this year. Yeah. We'll get to that certainly this week. We're trying to arrange some more scouting reports for you guys on some of the Lakers that uh, are new this year. Great response to the one last week with Malik for uh, uh, with Malik Monk, uh, introducing him uh, strengths and weaknesses there. So we're going to keep trying to do that for you guys um, as the offseason progressive. Make sure you sign up for Locked on Lakers on YouTube. Uh, really appreciate all the support there. We'll see everybody tomorrow.